Dear Profiler Faithful, it's Maddie Kiwoom. Welcome to another episode of The Game Plan. First things first, please subscribe to the Player Profiler YouTube channel. Hit that like button and get ready to leave a few comments. Today, ladies and gents, we are having a good old-fashioned mailbag epi. I am here to answer every question, whether it be from the Discord, whether you sent it on Twitter, or you are here in the chat and post it during the show. So, gang, get out your pens and your pads, and let's start game planning for, um, uh, what are we so planners there is no guest today your boys running solo but i also realized something that i never truly answered the question that i ask all of my guests i've never gone out and said to you listeners how long i've been playing fantasy at least i don't remember doing it or and i never really described my full-on fantasy management style so why don't i do it that let me let me Getting the role of the guest here and kind of be both positions here, host and guest. And let me answer. I've been playing fantasy football now for whew, started playing fantasy baseball back in like eighth grade a little bit. Then in college, I'm older. So those years like 2012, 2000, no, no, 2006, 2012, that's college and high school. So football, I think I started off in 2011. So I've been playing now for 12 seasons. I've had now the Golden Pony Fantasy Football Experience. That's my long-running home league. That's the league that I love here the most. But now I've been into Super Dynasty League, Super Flex here a couple uh, few years now. I think this is my third year getting into you know your Super Flex Leagues, starting getting some best ball of course over the course of the last couple of years i've done a whole bunch of underdog best ball drafts but now even dynasty league best ball formats have been great set it forget it do all the transactions don't have to worry about your lineup so i've been playing football for not i wouldn't say a ton of time I think about like i said 11 12 years seriously uh but over the last well eight or so i've become a psycho and i've been i've been a maniac about fantasy for some time now, like I said, over about 10 years, I've been a maniac and I love it. I, I'm about the life. I'm about the action. You know, I do these shows here and I give advice and I do, you know, take questions and all this great stuff. And I love doing content. I love interacting with each and every one of the listeners, but I also just love me some fantasy football. I love to pretend that I am a team builder. I am the president of football operations. I am a general manager and I'm trying to win me some rings. So my fantasy management style, I think if I were to be a little more technical, I'd say I'm a little bit risk averse. I do try, uh, try to limit the amount of risk that I may take on in a given trade or, you know, whether it be fab, whether it be ADP trends, you know, I try to be a little bit of risk averse, but I'm also not afraid to go all in when I sniff me a championship. If I believe I can sink my teeth into a championship season and get that ring, I will, I will shoot all the bullets that I have in the holster to try to get a win. So I, I am a little bit of both. So in baseball, I would say I do have a little bit of that high bloom, the Red Sox team builder. I mean, I'm a little bit riskier. I mean, risk averse, but I also got that Dave Dabrowski. I got that dog in me. I got that less sneed, you know, F them picks, get them ships. So I got a whole lot of that in me too. So I'm kind of a fluid, uh, you know, kind of a, what do you want to call it? I got a, what's that thing? I'm like a fantasy, um, uh, 
I got multiple personalities in fantasy. You know, I can go either way. I can be flexible. And over the course of, you know, doing this show and having these fantastic guests on like Cody and the Podfather and Memphis and so many others is I've learned. I like to learn. I still sit back and learn. Even some of the guys in the chat, you know, we'll talk off the show. We'll talk in Discord. We'll talk uh, via DMs, whatever. And I'm learning from them. Uh, I love to hear processes. I love to hear what other people do to try to win in fantasy. And I try to take the best that I can or learn the most that I can to do so, to try to learn um, what I can. So I'm always learning. I'm always staying involved in trying to gain uh, more tools for the old tool belt here. So I see Kevin's got a question. We will get to those in a second. Like I said, it's a mailbag episode. It's a bit of a a chaotic show. We're recording here on a Sunday. We usually do it on a Saturday, but we are still going to have a ton of fun. But before we get into the mailbag, First, let's hear the Podfather talk about underdog fantasy. Let's take a moment to talk about underdog fantasy. Now, many of you have already signed up. Thousands have signed up from Player Profile already over the years. Underdog has supported us since 2020. Much of what you see on Player Profiler is because of underdog, because of their support. Get the underdog app, plug in that promo code underworld, and they're making the NBA fun. Their NBA pickums. It's changed my Wednesday night. It's changed my Sunday afternoon. I used to play underdog just for the best ball drafts. I mean, the best ball drafts are amazing. These draft rooms fill so quickly, and you can win life-changing money. You want to take advantage of all the sleepers we talk about on this show? Well, what better place than in an underdog draft room to do that? And I recommend taking your underdog play to the next level by diving into their NFL pickems. It's important to correlate those NFL pickems. You can pick both the quarterbacks and the wide receivers to exceed expectations. Correlate them, and you can 5X your payout. Bada-bing, bada-boom. Underdog Fantasy, the promo code is Underworld. For an instant deposit match up to $100, Underdog is the truest friend of the Underworld. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's just dive right on in to our first question. This comes from Hulkamania Dude in Discord. How long do you think Derrick Henry will play at his current level? What's the price check on him? He's got Bryce and Bijan. Should he ride the horse until it's out of gas? He's in a 12-team Superflex half-point PPR. It sounds like you fancy yourself a contender, and if that is the case, I am holding on to Derrick Henry He's just still a a beast in the Tennessee Titans now. They really don't have a whole lot of weapons to rely on other than King Henry. I do believe that this is still going to be a season where he can push, you know, that 18 to 20 points per game threshold that he has over the last three seasons. Last year he had 1,500 rushing yards, but let's look a little deeper too. Let's look into his performance profile and let's see if there's any signs of slowing down. I'm looking at it here on playerprofile.com. He was still the most dominant running back in 2022 at a damn near 40% dominator rating. He created the third most yards in the NFL. He created over 1,000 yards himself. And if you're new to player profile, yards created is a metric that talks about all yards above and beyond what is blocked. Yards created are generated by the runner after the first evaded tackle. And he had the third most created uh, uh, yard. So he's out there doing the damn thing. Top 10 breakaway run rate or, or 10, top 10 in the total breakaway runs. Fifth highest in evaded tackles. He had almost 100 evaded tackles. This guy's still got a lot left in the tank. And, you know, we saw, you know, maybe a new precedent set in 2022 where we saw a stud running back dealt 
in the season. We saw Christian McCaffrey go from the Carolina Panthers over to the West Coast San Francisco 49ers in season. So if Derrick Henry is, you know, kind of follows suit in that regard, he could get an extra juice. I mean, Christian McCaffrey is now on record saying that this was the best thing that has ever happened to him. So if these vets can, can you know, be dealt to a contending squad, sometimes that gives you the extra juice. So if I roster Derrick Henry and I fancy myself a contender, you got to hold on. You absolutely hold on to Derrick Henry because I think he's still got another fantastic season under the belt. Let's move on to another Discord question from the mailbag. This comes from Von Sharp. Hilarious, my friend. Von Schar is a great name, by the way. Do any of your coworkers at your other job listen to your podcast? And has it gotten you any attention there? Well, Von Schart, no, no, no one at my day job knows about this. Uh, that's kind of a little bit behind the scenes of what the Maddie Kiwum pen name, I guess you could say, came from. Not just want to use my real name, just kind of stay out here and kind of keep the two worlds separate. Uh, you know, I love my day job and I absolutely love doing this stuff here. So I just felt like it was best just to keep them separate. And, and I don't want that added attention at my day job. You know, I like to show up every, every day and and do what I'm supposed to do, get the, the tasks at hand done. And I'm in sales too. So it's just, you know, I, I kind of the two worlds married together. Great. great. I spend all day talking uh, at my day job and then I come here and I do more talking, which apparently I just love hearing myself talk but yeah i guess that's what happens when you have a, a show that sometimes you're by yourself uh, over here all alone answering questions you just have to i guess like the sound of your own voice so no no one at work knows that i do this on the side uh the next question also comes from discord lincoln a fly 82 fly 82 why i couldn't read that for a second lincoln my bad he says is khalil shakur worth holding on to into the season Okay, so without the the further context, I probably should ask him for some further context, but let's just go in generalities here. What do I think about Khalil Shakur? Um, I like the kid as a prospect. Um, last year, he didn't do a whole lot for the Buffalo Bills. But again, this year, they didn't really go out and add a whole lot. I guess where the true additional hurdle came from or could come from is Dalton Kincaid. If Dalton Kincaid is going to be used at that is that big slot, that move tight end that they want to get open in the middle of the field, that's probably really bad for Khalil Shakur's possible uh, breakout in 2023. He's only really worth holding on to in your deepest of formats. If you... Uh, you know, you have a super deep best ball league where you maybe start 13 or uh, you're just running a, a crazy deep 30 or so bench, uh, uh, 30 so or 30 person or so roster, maybe in those leagues. But there's just nothing really here that he displayed in 2022 that gets me excited. Now, when you look at his best comparable player, Golden Tate, that is something that I definitely uh, uh, worth uh, getting excited about but again i don't know if the role is there you know they brought in shorter from florida but i would see him as more of a long-term possible replacement for a gabe davis whenever davis no longer has a role on the buffalo bills shakur it's really just him as the slot guy per se but again using a 25th overall pick to get dalton kincaid they already have dalton knock or dawson knox under contract for this year and next year so I don't know if he's going to get a lot of looks. Now, in the chat, Pidgey Gaming says that it seems he's an older – oh, wrong guy, wrong thing. I'm just clicking around here. That he could get, you know, 80% of what Cole Beasley did in his, that role. I guess, but again, it really comes down to what you think about Dalton Kincaid. 
Because if Gincaid's going to be that big slot, that big move tight end that they move all over the field, kind of like Mike Gusecki kind of was when he actually performed for the Miami Dolphins, then I don't know what the role is for Shakur. Yeah, he could get on the field. He, you could see his snap share go up, uh, you know, but he only had 20 targets last year. His target share was 4.4%. Ah, I'm just, I'm not going to get excited about Khalil, Khalil Shakur, and I'm really only going to roster him in the deepest of leagues. Uh, let's go ahead and take a another question here from the Discord. This comes from Mike D. Any idea who the next man up in, at running back is in Cincinnati? He has both Brown and Evans, and he would like to drop one. Man, this might be one of those old times where you just play the old-fashioned game. Eeny, meeny, miny, mo. Catch a Cincinnati Bengal by the toe. If he hauls, I'm going to let him go from my roster type of game because I don't know. Chase Brown, he's a super athlete, but ah, he's got negative dog in him. I mean, he just doesn't have that dog in him. We've heard time and time again, if, you, if you're tapping in to play a profile, then you, you know what we saw, what our guys saw, boots on the ground in Mobile, Alabama. We saw him fumble against air. We saw him get stuck so hard that his shoe flew off against his twin brother. I'm not a fan. You know, the five, you know, they took him basically at the end of the fifth. He was almost a sixth round pick. But then again, he is athletic. And he's new. He's the shiny new toy. And I hate that premise. I don't really like to operate under that premise, but we're talking Evans here. Evans is not the athlete that that, that Chase Brown is. He's just, he's not really that good of an athlete. He has worse draft capital. He's been on the team now for two seasons and he has yet to really sniff much opportunity. He got it. You know, he's been a part of 26 games for the Bengals. He doesn't even have over 80 rushing yards total. I'm not, if I have to pick one of the two, give me the shiny toy. Give me the guy who at least is hyper athletic. But while we were in KC, I was sitting next to Matt Kelly, the podfather on the couch. And after they made the selection at the end of the fifth round, he looks over and he says, guys, Joe Mixon ain't going anywhere via suspension in 2023. And we were like, really? He's like, well, no, you don't bring in Chase Brown at the end of the fifth round. If you're truly concerned, you're going to lose your starting running back who's becoming such a beast for them. In the you know you you replace them a lot earlier than that they would have had chances over and over to get Roshan and and even Kendra who went in the third round so there there were these opportunities for them to really bring in a difference maker at running back and failed to do so so at this point I gotta say I gotta think to myself listen I don't think uh, I don't think it's really gonna happen for uh, Joe Mixon in terms of being suspended this year I think he is their guy he's gonna be there uh, for as long as he's healthy so I'm gonna say Chase Brown just because I want the the shiny new toy that happens to be uh, pretty athletic so I'll, I'll go with that let's 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 like, uh, go to some of the questions here in the chat Albert S says he's been playing since 1995 my man Albert you are an OG tip of the cap to you my friend who do you think is the starting quarterback in Arizona and is Clayton Toon worth a pickup in one QB? It is a 16 team dynasty league. Mm, one QB. No, no, I don't think so. I do believe that the starting quarterback will be Colt McCoy, but Colt McCoy has shown us a couple things. And that is one, he can stay around in the NFL. He's definitely an NFL player and two, he's going to get hurt. So I do think Clayton Toon does play a little bit of football for the Cardinals this year. Sneaky athlete. Uh, uh, you know, Clayton Toon's a little bit more athletic, I think, than some give him credit for or have realized. And, you know, I'm not I'm not sitting here on top of my uh, my pedestal here. I'm not on my soapbox 
singing the praises of Clayton Toon that no one's heard of him. You know, it's Clayton Toon. Yeah, University of Houston, fifth round pick. But again, 88th percentile, 40 yard dash, uh, 95th percentile burst score, 83rd percentile agility. So in a super flex league, I do like uh, rostering Clayton Toon. Two of my favorite pickups in rookie drafts for super flex. If your league goes to you know the fourth, fifth, sixth rounds, has been Stenson Bennett where I can and Clayton Toon because in Superflex, if you're trying to win, you are going to have to dig through the, the trenches to uh, to get yourself a quarterback at times. I can remember being in a championship matchup having to start uh, Sean Mannion, uh, believe it or not. So you know in these deep, deep, deep Superflex rookie drafts, I will take a shot on Clayton Toon because I do believe he plays NFL football this year. Brian Drake in the chat says he's a contender in an upcoming season with a 14-team Superflex Dynasty League. Kudos to you for being a contender, my friend. He got offered Pat Frymuth, Dalton McKincaid in a 2024 first, a 2026 second, but he'd have to give up Kelsey Ferguson Morrow. If you're a contender, do not trade Kelsey. Just don't do it. Don't trade Travis Kelsey. Don't do it because what you will find here is you'll have Frymuth, who's, who's good. I like Frymuth. I think I like him more than most. Uh, but again, he's probably a you know tight end 9, 10, 11 in terms of his projected uh, outcome here. And then Ferguson or, or Morrow, we're not really talking about that. Morrow did just sign with the, the Saints, so that's not that's not bad. Kincaid, you know, Theo Greminger on the channel uh, on the network loves Kincaid, and for good reason. You know, he's probably got the best overall ball control out of the tight end position. He probably can make the most plays uh, going up and getting it. And he went to a high powered offense that makes a whole lot of sense. But again, a rookie tight end, we're talking what is his ceiling in a rookie tight end here? Even uh, Kyle Pitts, who had a thousand yards in his rookie season, failed to truly pop in fantasy football. Um, let me check exactly what those numbers were. But I'm just, if you're a contender, man. Brian, do not trade Travis Kelsey. He was tight end 11. Pitts was tight end 11. He had over 1,000 receiving yards as a rookie. Travis Kelsey is the difference maker of difference makers in fantasy football. In his entire career, so dating back all the way to 2014, tight end 8, tight end 9, tight end 2, tight end 2, tight end 1, tight end 1, tight end 1, tight end 2, tight end 1 on a points per game basis. And I know what you're saying. you The past performances doesn't help me in 2023. But what will keep you up at night is if you are a Travis Kelsey away from winning a ring. And that's a very possible scenario, given the fact how good Travis Kelsey is and how much of a difference he can provide on a weekly basis for your fantasy squad. So I am going to say hold on tight. Hold on tight. And my boy Memphis in the chat, what up? Hold on tight. Hold on tight. Let's go. Let's get to the next question. Here from the Discord, Packer Hater says, Maddie, is the key to the Wu-Tang Clan that they ain't got nothing to fuck with? I don't know. Sure. I remember that sketch or the few sketches they were in in the, the Chappelle show. I wasn't really a big fan of the Wu-Tang Clan growing up. They were kind of a little bit before my time. I know they got bangers, and I've listened to those bangers. Uh, but no, I don't know if it's the key. I do not, not know if it's the key, Packer Hater. So uh, I'm sorry about that. Next question I want to go to comes from the Discord as well. This is from Jay at the 104 in a rookie draft. This is a one quarterback, half point PPR, no tight end premium. Would you reach for an A chain or would you attack a wide receiver like Addison or Flowers? His team is ready to compete, but his running backs are headlined by Saquon Barkley, Joe Mixon, Rashad White. Humble brag. I mean, God, they're Jay. They're only. Saquon Barkley, Joe Mixon, and Rashad White. It's pretty good. 
It's pretty good. Now you got the 104. So what I'm, I'm assuming you believe happens, it goes Bijan, Gibbs, and JSN. Then what you do is you perform whatever your happy dance is, whether it's the Carlton or the moonwalk, whatever your happy dance is, Jay, you do it and you do it all the way to hitting that draft button in your rookie draft for Jordan Addison. Addison could be a complete difference maker even in the, his rookie season. Jordan Addison, man, went to, I think, the best scenario that he could have. Um, he goes to a team that loves to sling the rock. Remember, just one year ago when Kevin O'Connell took that job in Minnesota, we were all believing that Kirk Cousins was going to be Matthew Stafford when Matthew Stafford won a Super Bowl and was damn near MVP. And now we're not we're only a year removed from that. We still have to believe that's the case. Kirk Cousins, uh, he throws the ball a ton. They chuck the rock left, right, center, does not matter. They love throwing the ball in Minnesota. Last year, Kirk Cousins threw the fourth most pass attempts. His team as a whole had the third most team pass plays per game. They had the sixth fastest pace of play, and they threw the seventh most deep balls. That is fantastic. And in comes Jordan Addison right after who leaves? Adam Thielen. Adam Thielen vacates over 100 targets, 107, I believe, to be correct. And I don't think it's crazy to say that Addison could get every single one of those. Um, could sure KJ Osborne potentially get a few more thrown his way? Sure, sure, maybe it's possible. He's always good. We saw him ball out at the end of the year. But KJ Osborne is what we think he is. He's a good number three receiver, someone you can use in a bind if Addison or Jefferson is out, or if you know that this they're going to be in a complete shootout. An absolute everyone's going to get it. an Oprah Winfrey game. You get a touchdown. You get passes. You get targets. You get it all. In one of those scenarios, maybe. But. Jordan Addison will show up day one and be that dude at wide receiver two. He is going to be learning from the greatest receiver I think we've seen in this generation, Justin Jefferson. And from here until kickoff, if he learns just two or three technique, two or three secrets from Justin Jefferson, what could that do for his game? It could do a lot. Jordan Addison's player profile comp Deontay Johnson, and that's fantastic. Deontay Johnson's a target target monster. We love that. We love that for Addison. So, my man Jay, get your dance move prepared. If you want to choreograph it to rub it in your league mate's face, I applaud you wholeheartedly, sir. Do it and take Jordan Addison because you are ready to compete. You're in a one QB league, so we're not really sniffing Anthony Richardson here at the four. Half-point PPR, that's okay because Jordan Addison can top off a of defense. No tight end premium, so you're not really looking at Mayer, Kincaid, or any of those guys. Get Addison and be very excited that you did. My man Randy, Memphis Young is in the chat. He said, did Bass Pro Shops pay you to rock the hat? No, maybe I should have. But at the same time, though, you know, we're doing each other favors. This hat is one of my favorite hats. You know, I'm not a true outdoorsman. I'm kind of a poser in that regard, but I do love the hat. It looks good on your boys, so I am rocking it for sure. Noah Cote says, what's good, Matty? Halfway through last season, he traded away D-Hop for Rashad White and a second, and that turned into Jaden Reed. Not a question, just wanted to flex. Well, my friend, I think I got a little something for you. Congratulations, because that is a fantastic trade to make. D-Hop is still going to be relevant in 2023. Don't get it twisted. D-Hop will be a fantasy-relevant asset this season. But, yeah, man, you probably hauled in uh, top 8 to 10 to 12 running back of the season, given on the volume from Rashad White, which we love, 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 love. 
And you got a second round that turned into the man, the myth, the legend, Jaden Reed, one of the most val- one of our favorite players here at Player Profile, someone who could step in year one and be really dynamic for that Packers offense. Good for you. Okay. Good for you. Connor O'Carroll is in the chat. He says, how are you handling the market for running backs in Dynasty at the moment? There's a lot of post-Apex running backs who are projected to be top 10 seasons in redraft. The examples were Chubb, Mixon, Henry, Eckler. Are you buying? Are you selling? Right now, we have a little bit of a clearer picture of kind of the 2020-23 season. And what I mean by that is free agency has come and gone. The trades have pretty much settled in. And we've now seen who is getting drafted. Uh, If you would have asked me this question a couple months ago, I would have said sell them all and you can recoup later. Just keep building your receivers and get you know better at quarterback, tight end, get the picks, get all this stuff, and really just stay liquid. But now now that we know that it's the Chubb show, now, now that we know Mixon, Henry, Eckler, they didn't really bring in any uh, bit of – uh, competition those guys are going to be studs i'm looking to buy if you're competing these these this is what you do this is what you do this is the time you get in and get the running backs for your competing squads to try to win now and if you have to overpay a slight amount sometimes it's the price of doing business to win them rings so i'm looking to buy into these 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 uh you know aging running backs if you will the one that i have proceeded with caution for is dalvin cook dalvin cook does have a lot of um Red flags in his performance profile from 2022. And it's enough for me to be nervous. So I'm not buying Dalvin, but these four that you listed, go ahead and buy. Looks like Eckler will be on the Chargers in an offense that should be better from 2022. Derrick Henry is the offense, so he should perform. Again, I talked about him at the top of the show. Chubb now, he's really just going to be the only guy. He's not going to catch a whole lot, but if this offense does step up in terms of its pace and its passing prowess, He could have more touchdowns. I don't know if he's going to have more than last year. He had 13, which was a top, I think, three in the league. So I don't know if you you see that again or if he just meets it again. But either way, if I'm winning, I'm trying to win with these running backs. And Mixon, you know what? He's probably the biggest wild card because it's an off-the-field thing that we're worried about. But like I said a few minutes ago, it seems as if he will be there in Cincinnati and you want the running back on Cincinnati. So I am looking to buy all four of these guys for sure. And if you're not a contender, sell them all. Sell them all because someone who is contending will overpay to try to get one of these guys on their team. So that's my advice in a nutshell. Let's go back to our big time mailbag questions. Uh, and we'll stay in. Actually, no, we'll take a Twitter one. Here's our lone Twitter one. And it comes from my man, Jason Owen. Who is the better trade god? Really, Jay? Jay, this is this is what you want to do to me on my show today? Of course it's Jason Allwine. Jason Allwine's a better trade god. He's got the best hair in the biz. He's got the best turtleneck game on, on planet Earth. And look, I mean, he's funny enough to drop this awesome question in the mailbag show. Jason's awesome. Check out Wake and Take each and every weekday as he breaks down the news and the happenings in the NFL and in fantasy. And make sure you check out Trade Gods each and every Thursday where Jason and I break down trades from Discord, the Trade Finder. If you send it to us, we'll break it down, baby. We love talking trade on trade gods but jason i mean come on man of course of course you're the best trade god of course you're the better trade god of course it's easy it's not even close next question comes from our discord mr educational this was my rookie rebuild year and basically my entire roster is from the rookie draft the only assets that i currently or potentially could get value are keontae ingram Kenneth Gainwell, Greg Dolchitz. It is a one QB, no TEP. How should I continue this rebuild? He also has all of his 24 picks. I need more context here. 
I have it right here on my phone. Let me let me show you what he means by my entire roster is rookie draft. He ain't lying. Mr. Educational, strap in because he had himself a draft. He brought out of this draft Anthony Richardson, Kendra Miller, Roshan Johnson, Jackson Smith and Jigba, Jordan Addison, Jalen Hyatt, Tank Bigsby, Kayshawn Booty, Michael Wilson, Dwayne McBride, Justin Ross, and Trey Palmer. So he drafted. Everyone watched as Mr. Educational drafted, and he just, he went crazy. He went crazy. So how would I approach this now? Um, you have to, you you do have to proceed with a little bit of caution because A-Rich may not be ready. We don't exactly know what's happening with Alvin Kamara, and that has a huge effect on the the, the volume that Kendra Miller would see as a rookie. We love Rorshawn Johnson. I believe he could get that the the most I can get, I can get the line share of carries very early on in 2023. Uh, yeah, they brought in Travis Homer, they brought in Deontay Foreman, they have Cleo Herbert, but all of those seem like great backup options behind Roshan. Great guys to bring in in certain situations where Roshan needs a break. Those are the type of players you bring in then where Roshan could be the guy there. But again, we don't know when that'll be. You went and killed it with Jackson Smith and Jigba and Jordan Addison. I love that. Getting Kayshawn Booty late, you know, Mike Reese, who is a beat reporter here for ESPN, uh, he covers the Patriots exclusively. He's hearing rumblings that, or or he's seeing things that resemble a Stefan Diggs-esque uh, career arc. Uh, what he says and what he means by this as he clarifies is he doesn't see Stefan Diggs that we've seen on the Bills or we saw at the end of his Vikings tenure. He sees a guy who could come into the league. You know, remember, Stefan Diggs was a fifth-round pick for the Minnesota Vikings. So uh, he sees a lot of similarities from a guy like Booty to Stefan Diggs. So there is some promise there. But again, I think what you should do is continue the rebuild. I wouldn't start selling assets. Uh, When it comes to Ingram, Gainwell, and Dolchitz, I'm holding all three of those, actually, because I think all three of them could potentially see a bump in value this year. I mean, James Conner, what is the rap on Mr. Conner is that he's going to get hurt. Uh, So if he gets hurt, Keontae Ingram is next man up. Um, I would love to see you sell maybe at that peak moment or even utilize them. And, and you never know if these rookies start hitting earlier than we project. If Anthony Richardson's running all over the place week one and causing a havoc in scoring fantasy points, you may sit there and say, man, maybe I need to start adding a little bit of some veteran uh, presence here to try to win now. Who knows? So I would, I'd stay put. You've clearly put in the work already setting yourself up with all these draft picks. You do have 24 picks. Uh, You know, if throughout the season you can move uh, Ingram at his peak for a second, do it. Uh, Dolchich with no tight end premium, it's going to be hard to get anything more than maybe a second or third. But again, I'd hold now because I do think those guys are young and have some promise to him. Kenny Gainwell, he has no value right now unfortunately he's got a new value um oh mr educational is in the chat he says that is thanks to the rookie guide hey that's why you get the rookie guide from player profiler the best in the business cody and a bunch of us put in a ton of work but major shout out to cody what he did putting together that rookie guide is it's it's magic it's an absolute beast mode it's a great guide and you could be like mr educational and get a whole revamped roster if you tap into that but yeah Mr. Education, I'm glad you're here in the chat. I would stay I would stay put. I think, like I said, you've done the work. You put in the work getting all those rookie picks. I'd kind of let it materialize a little bit before you start wheeling and dealing. Now, if someone happens to truly love, um, you know, Keishon Booty or Michael Wilson and you can sell what you believe is, you know, a hung, 
110% of his value. I would do that, but right now it's probably best to wait and see if uh, uh, Ingram or a Gainwell or Dolchich uh, pass up. And what I was saying about Gainwell, I'll wrap that up before, and then I'll wrap up this question is Gainwell, his value is at a low point. It is. It's at a low point. They, uh, you know, Miles Sanders out the door. We were excited and they only brought in Rashad Penny, which, you know, if you're a Gainwell believer, you go, okay, give me the running back who gets hurt every single season. So uh, a running back who's so injury prone, you can almost set your watch that he will get hurt at some point. That's the type of running back that I would have been very excited being ahead of Kenny Gainwell. But then they bring in DeAndre Swift and you know, there's a whole bunch of takes out there on DeAndre Swift. It's not all good, and they're all valid. Uh, we could see them not really use him as much as we want to see a DeAndre Swift used because, I mean, at the end of the entire movement of assets, they may have got him for 30 picks in the seventh round uh, because if he signs elsewhere, they'll get a comp, I think, fifth, is what the, which is what they gave up, or fourth. Whatever pick they gave to the, the Lions to acquire him, they can recoup in a comp pick if he were to sign somewhere else. So it's really just a flyer. But again, in this offense, I'm going to get excited about DeAndre Swift because of his, he's super efficient. He's kind of what we want Gainwell to be or what Gainwell could have potentially been if Swift wasn't around, but there's just too many miles to feed Boston Scott still there. Uh, and they just, they, for whatever reason, they're not quitting Boston Scott. So I, I again, Gainwell's value is too low to trade now. Um, but, other than that, yeah, stay stay the course. Stay the course here. Uh, well, let me see what we got here in the chat. I think I saw another question that I'd love to answer. Albert S. says he has Aaron Rodgers, but he needs a second quarterback. What's his thoughts on Bateman for Garoppolo and Rondale Robinson? Ooh, man, that's a good one. That's one I wish I would have had pre-show. I could have prepped a tad better, but Bateman, Bateman is one of the scariest players in all of fantasy football. We love his talent. We love that his best comparable player on playerprofile.com is Stefan Diggs. We love all that. But what we don't love is, uh, you know, the Ravens using the 22nd overall pick to get Zay Flowers, a player who has immense talent and can command a ton of targets. They already, already have Mark Andrews. They have Isaiah Likely and Charlie Kohler hoping to make a more of an impact on that offense. Um, they brought in Odell Beckham who, you know, is probably washed. He's 30 years old now, coming off a horrible knee injury. But again, that happened now, of, you know, over a year or so ago. He had a, took all of 2022 off, so maybe he has more in the tank. And the rumors were that Lamar Jackson handpicked Odell Beckham. And I know not everyone subscribes to this, but your boy absolutely loves narratives. And I love chasing these damn narratives. And if... Lamar Jackson asked for Odell Beckham and they went out and made sure to get him as a way to prove they were negotiating in good faith to get him to stay long-term. And then he then did sign long-term. So they presented him the olive branch. He accepted the olive branch in the form of a gajillion dollars as their franchise quarterback. Does that make Rashad Bateman, you know, at a point where he's looking for the third most targets on this team, the fourth most targets on this team, I love the skill set of Rashad Bateman, but Albert, if you need that second quarterback, Garoppolo is not all that enticing, but 
he is going to start in a team that could have a pretty decent offense, at least being so a number of shootouts. We saw J- Jared Stidham come in and play good for a couple games. You know, Garoppolo in this offense with a coach he's familiar with could have a bit of a decent season. You know that you know low end QB two possibilities. So if you want to do this, I would try to get a little sun sun on top of this. Maybe if you can get a, a pick or an additional player that you can roster. I think I would do this. I think I'd make this trade since you do need that quarterback. And Wandell Robinson, remember, he he was, you know, he was brought in last year in the early portion of the second round to be a difference maker. Um, of course, he got hurt on the game. We were truly seeing him break out. The game in which he left early and was hurt, he ran 31 routes. He had 13 targets from Danny Dimes, caught nine of them for 100 yards, 19.4 fantasy points. That was actually his third game out of the six he played on the entire season where he had over double-digit points. So, you know, the, the, the Giants did bring in a Jalen Hyatt, but Wanda Robinson could be a guy that gets some sneaky targets in an offense that hopefully gets better in year 200 day ball. So if you can get a second piece on top of that, I think I'm going to do it. Uh, Harry Snowman in the chat, my man Rob says he would hold Bateman, but he was asking if he is competing. That is a good point. If you're competing, for me, uh, I think if you're competing, I want that Jimmy Garoppolo pick more. If you're not competing, take uh, take Bateman because, again, if he goes to another team in a couple of years, like there is still uh, uh, some outs there to get some uh, some really nice uh, output from Rashad Bateman. But for this year, um, I don't see it. So I, I, I mean, it's not that I don't see it. It's just that there's so many hurdles in his way. There's so many ways that this pie can be cut up that I just, I think I would make that trade because I'm a, I think that Wandell has not maybe a better chance in Bateman to produce, but I don't think it's that much worse. And then you're getting yourself that quarterback that you needed. Last one here in the chat, and then we're going to go back to some rapid fire questions that I got before. My man Caden says he has JSN, DK, Amon Rod, Deontay Johnson. His RBs are Bijan, Gibbs, Charbonnet, Kendra Miller, AJ Dillon. He has two 2024 firsts and seconds, two 2020 firsts and three 2025 seconds. He needs help on who he should target. Well, my friend, you are in the stage of your team building where I like to call you are ready to go big game hunting you got a good squad you got a whole bunch of bullets in that chamber in way of future picks you got some good young assets at running back i think it's time to to shoot for the fences i mean whoever your favorite is between jsn and, and dk that's your choice to make take the other take a 24 first take a 25 second take aj Dillon, and go after the big dogs go try to land cd lamb go try to get justin jefferson jamar chase go big game hunting because this team is built to win this wide receiver room is i mean it is exactly the you know conglomeration of players i love for for contenders you have a couple of high volume players uh johnson is probably going to see the most positive regression out of any receiver his schedule this year is solid and then that's what i would do take whoever you believe in more long term now that's your decision to make Okay, Caden, this is what you do now. Take JSN, take DK, the one you don't like the most. Take the one you like secondary. Take a couple of picks. Take a Charbonnet. Take a a Miller, a Dylan. Take one of these pieces and go get yourself a whale. Go net a whale, a big dog. Go ahead and do it. You're poised for it, and there's no better feeling than seeing trade accepted. Give me some Justin Jefferson, some Jamar Chase, some CD. 
the Lamb. All right, let's go to these rapid-fire questions, and then I'm going to say goodbye for the day, but I will wait if there are more questions in the chat, so get those questions in. I see there are a couple people still hanging around, so thank you for rocking with the Mailbag Madness episode. So if you have any more questions, feel free to drop them in the chat, and I'll get to them. But let's get into some rapid-fire questions. First one, on an older episode, you talked about trading for superstars. I believe that was... I don't remember the number of that episode, but that was with Jason. I had Jason on. We talked about trading for superstars. I think that was the first time there was a guest appearance on tra- on uh, the game plan. So go ahead back and look that up. But how should I go about trading for CMC? Ooh, that is going to be tough. CMC is probably, if not, I don't know if he's the most, you know, probably in the Bijan Hall, those the Walker probably be the toughest running backs to trade for. But right after those young studs, it's it's CMC. So what I'm going to do here is I'm going to pull up the old trade finder. The trade finder tool on Player Profiler is it's fantastic. It's it's one of the best, my favorite tools when it comes to trades. It is a it's a one stop shop for all these different trade markets throughout the fantasy football world, and you can see what other leagues are doing to acquire or what they're giving up for these players. So yeah, of course it's not going to set you up perfectly in your league, but what it will do is it will set a baseline for what you can now go out and attack with what you should be expecting to make a move for. So I love the trade finder tool. You can get that in our dynasty deluxe package. You can get it. If you just get the all in package and use that code word, man, to get $10 off, baby, let's go. So what I'm seeing here is, in a 10-team league, you could get him for Devontae Adams. I don't believe that's going to happen in most leagues. Uh, yeah, you're going to have to pay up for Christian McCaffrey. But how I would go about this is, you know, if you're going for McCaffrey, I'm assuming you're a contender. I'm assuming you're probably looking to win now. So you probably don't have a ton of young assets. But if you got a young asset, you got some young players on your team, you're going to have to come to grips with no one is off the table if you want McCaffrey. Um, and it's probably better. I mean, if you have Bijan, you're not doing Bijan, Gibbs, you're not doing Gibbs. But after that, I mean, if you were able to land Roshan and the person who is looking to sell McCaffrey loves Roshan, of course, you're making him a part of that deal. You're And if you're going for McCaffrey, I'm assuming you're trying to win now. Again, 24 firsts, put him on the table. 24 seconds, put him on the table. Yeah, McCaffrey could get hurt, but you also have now the time to recuperate 24 picks. Uh, that's the beauty of Dynasty is that it doesn't sleep. So if if you're looking to get McCaffrey now, you have to be willing to get all hands on deck. All your picks you may have accrued over the years have to be on the table. Um, any young asset that you may have drafted at the running back position has to be on the table. Another way you could go about it is if you have a, a ridiculous wide receiver room and you've just been stacking them over the years, maybe you have like a, an Amon Ross St. Brown and he's your wide receiver three in some amazing situation. Take one of those and maybe solve. That's just such a, uh, you've, I just don't believe that, you know, that you probably have this. It's such a niche way of thinking when it comes to, to that. But again, if you're going for McCaffrey, you gotta you gotta take off the hat that 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 thinks value, thinks long term, and you gotta put on the hat that is the bulldozer hat. You gotta put the hard hat on, punch in, get ready to go to work, and you gotta make anything on your roster available because McCaffrey's a whale and he's a difference maker in fantasy. And as long as he stays healthy, he's the running back one possibly into any given season. So yeah, if you're gonna go after McCaffrey, get ready to sell your soul, sell the farm, do what you got to do. But Hey, he's worth it. If you're trying to win next question. Uh, this is actually a question referring to my show with Memphis. We went over some business, uh, 
tactics that you can use in fantasy. What a great episode. Memphis Young is awesome. I love talking to that dude. So go check out the Dynasty War Zone that will be coming out tonight and every Sunday on Player Profiler's YouTube channel. So check him out and check uh, that episode I did with him. I think it was last week or the week before. Uh, it all kind of just gets crazy. But yeah, check out Memphis's episode because it was really a great conversation about Dynasty Theory and how you can use business practices and such to really uh, win in fantasy football. But here, what do I do if I do not know who the fool is when I'm trying to use the greater fool theory? Well, my friend, look around the room, look left, look right. And if you can't spot the fool, go find the nearest mirror or take your phone out, flip that camera around because my friend, you are the dang fool if you cannot find the fool in your league to execute the greater fool theory. I'm sorry to say it. Do not shoot the messenger, but it is what it is. You are that fool if you don't know who the fool is. I'm sorry to say it. Okay, here we go. Next question is from... Oh, sorry. Yo, yo, yo. Jason's in the chat. What's up? So Johnny's in the chat. He's saying he's got a quick question. He's in a dynasty league, and he always tries to post a rookie mock draft. Does this fall under the frowned upon table talk? I am in the day. This is this actually alludes to the Sonic Truth Dynasty show that I was lucky enough to hop on last week. Check it out because it was hilarious. It was, I mean, it was old school Maddie Kelly rant on on someone he was just ready to bury, and it was it was so much fun. So definitely check it out. Being a part of that was, I mean, it was awesome. It was so cool to do that. So, uh, yeah, make sure you check that out. But. Is it should it be frowned upon? Is it bad table talk that in Dynasty he's always posts in a rookie mock draft? I don't know. That's a tough one because it's only a mock draft. If you post in the rookie mock, it's really just practice. So I'm gonna say no, it's not frowned upon, but don't take that shit to the streets. Don't take that shit to the real life um things. Don't do that. Do not be the guy who does that. Oh, a uh, in the chat, my man. Okay, this is what was causing me to to kind of panic for a second. My man, Connor O'Carroll, he left me a group a question in Discord, so I'm going to answer it here. I didn't make the graphic. I'm completely sorry, Connor. So let me go ahead and hit you with the question right here, right now. He said, "What's optimal Fab spending strategy?" Post rookie draft, he noticed that a lot of teams in his league made huge bids on players like Luke Schoonmaker, Tucker Craft, Puka Nakua. This is my first year in Dynasty. Is there more value to be had by taking dart throws on the leftover crumbs in a rookie draft, or is it worth saving the fab for one or two emergency bids midseason? Connor, save that money. Don't be overspending for these. They're, they're just, like you said, they're crumbs. Each one of you and your league mates passed on these guys for three, four, five, six rounds. Don't spend too much fab. I mean, you the, the examples you posted, I'm assuming is 25%, 40%, 30% of your overall fab budget to get these guys that you have no idea. Now, a Tucker Craft, sure. Uh, you know, I like Tucker Craft, but again, you didn't want to overspend on Tucker Craft because they also drafted Luke Musgrave. We don't know how that's going to, those ping pong balls going to shake out. So, Connor, do not overspend for fab it seems like you should you you got your head in the right place um save that money because even in dynasty guys pop up and guys come out of nowhere and become you know a little bit more target hogs at the wide receiver position that you maybe have forgotten about post hype sleepers that we have left for dead you know there's the term fantasy zombie 
for a reason. So even in Dynasty, I'm not going to go too crazy spending on these crumbs. Uh, crumbs. It seems so mean. I, mean, I ain't trying to be so mean to these players. They're NFL players. They're respected in their profession. But yeah, don't pick up these guys who you and your league mates passed on over and over again. Save that fab into the midseason because if you're contending, you could trade it also. You know, sleeper formats allow you to trade fab and you could do that. And I know in one of my Dynasty Leagues, there's a weird scenario where Someone kind of lost their was was fell off their rocker and dropped some really good players. Uh, you know, obviously not complete difference makers, but young players. One being Calvin Ridley. This was two years ago, and he, you know, it makes sense now that he hasn't played football in two years. But you know, it became a feeding frenzy. People were trading for Fab to get these guys. You know, you never know what can happen in your home league, so hold that Fab. Don't don't spend it now on these these guys just coming out of the rookie draft. So Connor, I'm sorry I didn't get the graphic. You are the best for writing in. I'm glad you tapped in, and I'm so glad you you put some in the chat so I can make sure that I got to that question uh, before it was too late. So thank you, Connor. Thank you for tapping in. You are the best. I'm looking here. Any more chat questions? And then I got two more uh, that that were given to me earlier that I'll hit, and then that will be it. Here's one more. Corey Walters, what's the best draft pick I can get for Desmond Ritter in 2023 or 2024? Hold it. Just wait. Just wait. Because Desmond Ritter right now, the range of outcomes are, whew, it's it's crazy. It's, could he be, operate? could he be a, a game manager that just performs with the weapons? Sure. I mean, Bijan, Drake, London, Kyle Pitts. It's pretty good. It, it's really, really good. So could he be a game manager? Plus, I mean, he's, he's fast. He ran a four five. He's athletic. And by all accounts, you know, he might not have the skill set to be a dominant NFL quarterback, but what you hear about Desmond Ritter is above the shoulders. The kid's a baller. The kid knows how to play football. He knows how to command a team. I mean, he got a lot of success out of that Cincinnati run, but yeah, he's an athlete. 4-5-2, 98th percentile, 40-yard dash, uh, 94th percentile burst score. I think that in this league, now I'm assuming it's, it's super flex. Uh, but even in one QB, hold on, because I think his value could skyrocket. And if it falls off a cliff, then you know what? You you listen to some bad advice and you gambled wrong. But this is what we do here. We got to gamble. You got to risk it for the biscuit here in fantasy. And I'm saying hold because if my man comes out balling out, the Falcons have a very favorable schedule to start and a very sexy schedule to finish. So you may find yourself really wishing you had had Desmond Ritter over the second you could get right now. So I'm waiting. Wait to see if that value spikes. My man Jason's in the chat. He says a first. Of course, Jason loves Desmond Ritter. So, of course, he's holding out for a first. But I'm waiting. Hold hold, hold your horses on Desmond Ritter and see what he can do because I do have a funny feeling that his value could spike here in the first month or so of the NFL season. And as of right now, He's being dubbed the guy. They brought in Mr. Backup Tyler Haneke to be that, a backup, someone they could bring in if Ritter fizzles out early on, late, or whatever. But remember, the NFC South is up for grabs. The Falcons will fancy themselves as much of a contender as anyone else in the division, and they are going to go with who they believe can win them football games. And Arthur Smith right now believes that's Desmond Ritter. They use the third round pick to get him. There is uh, some precedence, you know, for third round quarterbacks hitting in the NFL and in fantasy. And like Jason pointed out on one of the, uh, I don't remember it was last week on trade guards or the week before Desmond Ritter did not throw a pick in his first stint in the NFL, which, you know, is, is there is something to be said about that uh, in his ability to control the game. His best comparable player is Alex Smith, who's the game manager of all game managers, but, Alex Smith was relevant in fantasy when he had the weapons. So, so could Desmond Ritter. I'm holding on that value. 
Next question. Who is my favorite sleeper for the 2023 NFL season? I'm digging deep here. I'm going with Nathaniel Tank Dell. Right now, his FFPC ADP is after pick 300. So you can get him at the very end of the draft. Tank Dell was drafted by the Texans, the Houston Texans, with the sixth pick in the third round. That is significant draft capital. I know the track record for third round receivers is not great, but we're talking sleepers here, and I'm willing to bet on the nation's leading receiver from a year ago. At the University of Houston, Tank Dell balled the F out in 2021 and in 2022. 1,300 receiving yards in 2021, 1,398, just a tick under 1,400 receiving yards in 2022 for the University of Houston Cougars. He gets brought in, and the rumors has, again, I'm going to go back to narratives. Your boy can't escape narratives. Love the Disney narrative. Love the breakfast narrative. Here comes another one for you. C.J. Stroud, who was taken second overall by the Houston Texans, supposedly told them that of all the receivers still available in round three, he wanted Tank Dell. He wanted to build a rapport with another rookie with the leading receiver in college football last year. 5'8", 165 pounds. We do not love that. And he ran a 4'4", which is above average, but it's 69th percentile. Again, we don't love it, but... The targets could be there, and the competition for the target getter in Houston is really only Robert Woods. And they gave Robert Woods enough money to be a factor on this team, but I think it's as much of a factor as, come on, guy, come in here. Bobby Trees, I need you to help lead these youngins into the right path as opposed to just going out and balling out. C.J. Stroud is going to have you know Dalton Schultz, Nico Collins, John Mechie, Good, not great options. Where Tank Dell, you've already seen the videos of them working out together. They're at rookie camp together. They're going to you know, solidify this bond, this narrative. And if you're drafting now in rookie drafts, you can get Tank Dell in the third, fourth round. Absolutely do it. And then when redraft season comes around, I suspect this ADBP goes up a tad because then if that narrative builds that I'm hoping for, it'll obviously build hype. He'll have some helium you know, attached to his name, so he will steam up a bit. But right now, absolutely free. And I think that Tank Dell, CJ Stroud could be a sneaky stack this upcoming season and beyond where you know we get a little bit more than we uh, had bargained for. So he is probably my favorite sleeper as of right now, Mr. Tank Dell. Last question, and then I'll send you away on this beautiful Sunday afternoon. Give us your bold take for the upcoming season. You want me to go bold? Of course. I am going to step up to the plate and try to hit me a massive home run. My bold take for this year is DJ Moore outproduces every single wide receiver in fantasy other than Justin Herbert, Jamar Chase, and C.D. Lamb. So my bold take, DJ Moore is a top five receiver in fantasy.